The world is like a ride at an amusement park, and when you choose to go on it, you think it's real, because that's how powerful our minds are. I can tell you from experience, the effect you have on others is the most valuable currency there is. Don't think, feel. It is like a finger pointing away to the moon. Don't concentrate on the finger, or you will miss all that heavenly glory. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Hey brothers, I hope this episode finds you happy and healthy wherever in the world you might be. Today's episode is a gentleman named Arnaud St. Paul, who's a very unusual person. And the reason I wanted to have him on the show is that he operates at the intersection of spirituality and business in a way that very few people I've met do. And on this episode, he drops some some really powerful and profound wisdom on certain things, including being in the moment and how to conduct what uh, I think has been termed conscious capitalism, which I, I really appreciate because I do enjoy business and entrepreneurial pursuits, but I don't like the way the current system encourages you to engage in those pursuits. So I'm always looking for a better way to do that. And Arno has definitely found a better way. Before we dive into the show, I want to remind you guys that I am doing one-on-one coaching with a select group of men. And uh, we've been having some great success with that. Just head on over to liberationmentor.com and you can see all the testimonials of the clients I've worked with so far. People have been getting absolutely life-changing results. Guys have been getting new careers and upgrading to better quality relationships and just taking charge of their lives and generally improving. And uh, it's something I'm thoroughly enjoying. And uh, if you're interested in that, just head on over to liberationmentor.com and you can apply for a, a call with me and we'll see if if we're a good fit and if we're good to work together. On that note, there's something else that I'm getting ready to launch, which is going to be a retreat that I'm hosting in Hawaii. And instead of the one-to-one format, this is going to be a a small group format. And uh, I'm thinking we're going to probably have 12 to 15 guys that we're we're going to head out to Hawaii. We're going to stay in an amazing locate an amazing venue out there and we're going to challenge ourselves on all levels it's going to it's going to be a major upgrade in your life if you come on this trip we're going to do some we're going to learn how to meditate we're going to learn a bunch of physical disciplines including some yoga and some calisthenics there's going to be a nutrition component uh there's going to be a relationship management component there's going to be a career component and we're going to finish the the retreat with a plant medicine component, which I'm very excited about. Uh, you'll get more details on that if you if you apply for the retreat. I don't want to make it too, I don't want to put too much of it out there now, but this is going to be, no other way to put it, life-changing. It's going to be very unique and very different to anything else out there. And you will be totally different at the end of it in several positive ways. So I haven't launched it officially, but what I'm wanting to do is start just putting the word out and and start talking to people about it now. It's probably going to sell out very shortly after I launch it, because as I said, places are limited. If you are interested and you want to get in uh, at the beginning before I start the formal advertising, best thing to do is send me an email. It's liberationmentor at gmail.com. Just telling me you're interested and uh, I'll discuss it with you on there and give you some more details on there. Haven't yet got a name for it. I'm toying with one in particular, which I think is really cool. I'm not going to 
show my hand just yet, but this is something that really excites me. I just spent uh, a week in Hawaii. I just got back actually, and I was checking out the venue and you know the activities and stuff, and starting to put together what it, what this retreat is going to be about. And I'm just so excited. I I know that the the 12 or 15 men that come on this are going to create a, an amazing new group of friends and also go deeper into their into themselves than they've ever been and come back with a set of gifts and and abilities that they didn't know they had. So um, if you want to know more about that, email me at liberationmentor.com. Put uh, retreat in the subject line. Okay, guys, here we go. Arno St. Paul, enjoy. Hey, brothers, I'm here with Arno St. Paul, who is, and I'm going to try to get this right, an entrepreneur, a recognized thought leader, an international speaker, serial social entrepreneur, conscious technologist, philanthropist, master energy healer, and transformational coach. Did I get everything in there? Wow. Who is that? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Thank you, um, Nick. Thank you for having me. It's uh, really awesome to be here. Sure. And uh, I would love to see that guy one day that you can present me to him. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, he sounds very interesting. And hopefully um, you're, you're almost, if you're even almost as interesting, this is going to be a great show. <laughs> oh, no. So the reason I wanted to speak to you, there's no other way to put it except I had a, a gut instinct. I listened to you on a another podcast and i just thought this is this is my kind of person this guy he's he's on the same wavelength and i really want to connect with him uh i was thinking of where to start this would be um this particular job description you've you've created for yourself which is conscious technologist can you tell me a little bit more about that yeah with pleasure i mean I'm a tech entrepreneur on one side and a spiritual teacher on the other. And I think that's where that, uh, that keyword, conscious technology, stem from. Mm -hmm. It's really the idea that in order to improve consciousness, not to improve consciousness, to enhance our uh, vibration, our access to more of ourselves in that conscious, as a conscious being, we can use technology, but not like the Muse headsets and whatnot, more like how can we use technology to spread out the conscious message across the world in all the different aspects, whether it is the individual aspect of you know being more connected with oneself, and also how do we uh, enact consciousness in all its beauty a throughout our economies, uh, in our governance, and all these things. Yeah, that's fascinating. So it's obviously very different from transhumanism. Yeah, very. It's not about how can I use technology to enhance uh, my perception of myself. It is more about let's use technology and media to make shit happen mm -hmm. <laughs> across the world. And let's help the billions of people that are on that journey as well, like, like ourselves. But uh, they lack whether the understanding, the awareness, or the tools uh, for, for, to make things happen for themselves. Well, I love that initiative. It, the first thing that springs to mind when you mentioned or when you explained that is, um, you know, this has been, there's been this trend lately and, and I'm going to, very honestly own up to being part of it it's almost like an anti-technology trend or an anti-gadgetry um, trend that's emerged because a lot of people claim that these things like social media and 
our, our smartphones and, and our constantly connected homes and everything are actually causing a gulf between us and causing us to become and feel more isolated. But as with everything, it's it's a paradox. You know, it's a double-edged sword. Yeah, it's exactly. So it's really great to hear someone who has, is focusing on the light instead of the dark. Can you give me some examples of how you've you've used conscious technology to foster this connection between people and help improve people's lives? Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the things, so about 10 years ago, I decided to dedicate my life to help people uh, become more positive and open their heart to themselves. And I have that little target of 1 billion people. So, you know, <laughs> if I were to go and do it myself uh, on my own, physically speaking, there's no chance I could inspire 1 billion people. So uh, that's hence the idea of using technology. And also, you know, technology is about understanding a framework and creating a framework that makes sense and so that you can apply different methods out of that so that you can scale it across uh, across communities and across nations. So to, to your question, the first thing that I did was to create the Heartful Method, uh, which is there to uh, help an individual or a company or a team to become more positive and therefore have access to more positive outcomes. It's based on four pillars. So uh, mindfulness, positive words, gratitude, physical exercise, which seem to be, I mean, it's also a technology, right? Mm -hmm. uh, as defined by the dictionary. But uh, then we're using technology, meaning devices, to spread out the message, to spread out the different products that are stemming out of that so that we can inspire people, engage with them, and then bring them to a place where their vibration is higher and higher and higher, and they can get more and more aware of themselves and uh, be more and more positive. Yeah, I mean, I, I find that absolutely wonderful. I, just remind me of the four pillars one more time. It's gratitude. Yeah, so it's mindfulness, mindfulness yeah. gratitude, positive words, and physical exercise. I have to smile because that's literally <laughs> basically the formula I use with my coaching clients. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, you've got the same in martial arts, etc. It's uh -huh. it's uh, it's roughly the same thing. If you if you're doing tai chi and you're not grateful for where you are at this very moment, you've missed the point. I think if you're doing anything, you're not grateful for where you're at that particular moment. You've probably yes, missed the point. of course, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Oh no! You said ten years ago you hit you hit this point where you decided to devote your your life to helping people. What was it that caused that? Was it an event or just a gradual shift? What what got you to that place? I think it's like you know it's something that life prepares you uh, to get towards. It's kind of realizing that. So I was a spiritual teacher helping already people individually or in groups, um, helping them to grow and rebirth to themselves. Mm -hmm. And so that was one thing that I was already doing, but kind of felt limited to do it on a one-per-one -one basis. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, creating companies, scaling them uh, to thousands and then and, and hundreds of thousands of people, and, and also getting frustrated there because it didn't have any meaning to, my, to me, right, to my eyes. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I said, okay, why not putting both together and really do something meaningful again, to my eyes. And hence, hence that dedication to that uh, crazy vision of mine and uh, having fun with it, really, because in the end, it's just play. It's a dance, right? 
Mm -hmm. That's uh, been a big theme that I've been exploring in my life. And since for the last year or so, I've hit a point where if something isn't fun, I just, I'm just not going to do it. You know, and I'm I'm fortunate enough to be in that position. But I mean, to be, to be honest, it's, it's still kind of scary to go because you're to, to, to take that, that kind of step because uh, we've been so trained to believe that everything has to be difficult and everything has to be a struggle and everything has requires immense hard work. And, uh, I, I just started to question that. And I realized that very often when, when things were a struggle, they didn't often produce great results. They produced mediocre at best results. And then when I enjoyed something and I was in the flow and, and thing was, and something was characterized by play and fun, uh, it usually yields way better results. Have you had any experience with, with that? Yeah, totally. It's the only way it works, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, and bottom line, if we're even talking about exactly the same situation, you have two ways to look at it, right? Mm-hmm. One is effort-based. This is hard, uh, you know, very, lots of hustling and whatnot. Or it's exactly the same situation, but you look at it from, you know, that's what it is now. Let's play with it. Let's figure mm-hmm. out what, where it leads. And, you know, you don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't matter because you're having fun. Sure. And, and uh, most likely the second one will lead to better results than the first one. Exactly. And I guess the important distinction is to note that it doesn't mean something that everything is going to be without challenge, but it's, it's challenge. I mean, challenges are, you know, every game that you ever played is characterized by an element of challenge. It's one of the reasons we enjoy the game, but there's a very, very marked difference between challenge and drudgery, you, you know, and, and something that's drudgery for one person could be an, a fun, joyful challenge for someone else and vice versa. Yes. And then you may consider that challenge by itself is a, a, a mind concept, right? It is something that I need to overcome between quotes. Now, the universe is bringing you that specific situation, not necessarily to overcome it or to you know, have that challenge in front of you that you need to figure out if, how you can master it. Mm-hmm. But you can also bring it because it needs to express itself at that moment. Okay, fair enough. And then out of that, it's first your response to it, as you mentioned earlier, whether it's, you know, wow, it's super difficult or yay, I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to and feel challenged and I'm going to overcome it. Or three, I am super happy to uh, observe that specific situation happening and I let it happen and I do my best in that in the expression of that, whatever is my role in that moment, and I let it unfold. Mm-hmm. And then I'm on the other side because it's, you know, it's gone. Uh, it's done. And, uh, but I have been in total grace and happiness and play during that moment, which is amazing because you have been at your highest vibration possible mm-hmm. during that moment. That's expression, total grace and happiness and play. What percentage of your current existence would you say is characterized by that state? Ha! <laughs> That's a very good question. I would say more and more. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, what percentage? That would be very, very presumptuous of myself to say I am X percent, you know, whether it's 10 or 50 or whatever. I, let, let's focus on that. It's not the percentage that is important, it's the growth. 
right? Mm -hmm. So if I can recognize that I'm getting more and more of that type of experience, I'm good. Mm -hmm. And because in the end, there is only one moment, which is this one. Mm -hmm. So you can't slice it in percentages. That doesn't work. Uh, what you could potentially do is being in that now moment, in that playful joy, et cetera, et cetera, and recognizing that you've been there more and more often. Mm -hmm. And the more you recognize it, the more the more perpetuates has been my experience. Exactly. Yeah, it reinforces the pattern of uh, of uh, in this case uh, joy and 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 observing what is as a neutral event and not something I'm reacting to. Yeah, and it's been my experience that when you observe an event that you don't like or that you find difficult or that just doesn't you know doesn't feel good. It's usually your judgment of that event that help, holds it in place. And as soon as you let go of your exactly. judgment and, and you know, accept it, that's when the situation changes and dissolves. So let's say there's someone out there listening to this, and there, there definitely are a few people who would be in the situation who is very far from this state of grace and play and, and joyful challenge that you've described. They're doing something they really don't enjoy they thoroughly hate their job or they're in a, a difficult relationship or just generally life sucks. What would your advice be to them to start the process of changing their polarity or, or changing the, the way they experience the world to this, this one that you've described, which is way better in my, my opinion. Okay. So I'm going to say something that is very, very hard to fathom that it, that seems to be, uh, to to the mind of the of the people that are usually listening to that, uh, they, they it, it seems very complicated. But then again, it's probably the best advice, not an advice, the best suggestion I could share with with the person. Okay, life happens one step at a time. <laughs> if you focus on now, I'm not talking about tomorrow or what happened a few minutes ago, or a few days ago, or a few years ago. If you are focusing on what is now, that's the key to all the joys that you could think about, or at least listen to in this case. <laughs> and and that's, that's the key. That's the only key. Just being, just being present. Being present, being uh, in, its, in the best, the most important, simplicity of ourselves we can which at that stage usually is quite difficult because we are bathing in so bathing in so much complexity mm -hmm. and so it seems very complex to be simple <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that one of my one of the things i learned this year actually is um, a phrase a complex problem requires a simple solution yeah as you've said the mind has a tendency to complicate things and complexify things and Often, I mean, I find that sometimes the most simple things like going for a walk is one of them or just sitting down and meditating for a few minutes or just getting some sunshine and fresh air. All these simple, simple things have such profound impacts on my life, you know, way more than, than some of the, the more difficult, challenging, complicated solutions that were sold. Or, or even, you know, we're, we're confronted with a situation that, we can't really understand or it's overwhelming or whatever. And just sitting down now, not doing anything and be there. 
Huh. Just that. That will help a lot. And that really is, I mean, that really is the most simple solution to any problem, just to do nothing and sit with it, right? Just accept it for what it is. And breathing <laughs> as well, a little bit still. But yeah, that, that gives you the opportunity to create some distance between what you're looking at <laughs> and where you stand. And that allows you to open up to a potential new idea that will come up and bring you maybe not the whole solution, but mm-hmm. the next the next first step mm-hmm. or the next step. Mm, that's a, yeah, I mean that's tied into the idea of, of your judgment of a situation keeping you or out of it, keeping you yeah locked well locked into that that particular situation. Yes, yeah. partly because your judgment of it is a thought that's taking up space in your mind that doesn't allow a new solution to present itself. You're so busy thinking, oh, I, I hate this, or this is crappy. You, there's no space for the new possibility to enter. Exactly. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, you, you, you invented a healing technique called axational reconnection. Can right. A little bit about that. That was uh, in the, the years 2000s. I created that axional uh, reconnection which is based on working on the meridians. So, you know, it's energy healing, two sessions that are uh, uh, using certain points and lines in the meridian network. So uh, after these two sessions, the person experiences more peace, an acceleration of uh, his or her vibration, and therefore an acceleration of the the challenges and therefore the solutions that are showing up, right? The the different Mm -hmm. blockages that were there start to show up and then disappear very quickly. So there's less and less tangibility across the different challenges that one has or meets mm-hmm. with. And uh, and so it's a very powerful uh, two sessions, uh, but very standardized. So it's very easy to implement and to experience. And out, uh, after that, usually, but now I do it without it, is we have uh, what I call quantum reality sessions where within a session I help the individual through, now I call it coaching, but to change belief systems that will automatically change the reality of the individual. Not only the perception of that reality, but the actual characters of that reality of his or hers Mm -hmm. are changing in their behavior, uh, not because... The individual change their their behavior, but because they change their belief systems. I find that fascinating. The idea that uh, one of the things I believe is, and I'm sure you feel the same, is that your external reality is a reflection of your internal reality. Exactly. Which includes your beliefs and your mindsets and your habitual thought patterns. Uh, What I'd really appreciate is if you could, if you have any examples of someone who has changed their belief systems or has been has been allowed to change them through one of your programs. It was some examples of how their external reality has changed to, to catch up. Yeah, it's super easy. I, I helped a, a CEO uh, from Germany that uh, had, uh, had, they had a, a big client, uh, Fortune 500 company. Uh, they, that was that their, you know, 80% of the revenue kind of client, like okay. a big guy. And they have been working for the past 10 years. And uh, the relationship between that big client and his company was very abusive, meaning the big boys with their big money saying, you know, having 
you know, abusive re- human relationships, not just with money, but in their day to day interactions. Mm-hmm. And so we started to work through, to go through our program. And that was, you know, the big thing uh, at that moment for him. And so we had a session. And as we were working on that problem that we were uh, looking at, or that, not the, the problem, that pattern, mm-hmm. uh, right? That had been uh, repeating itself again and again. We found out that he was connected with past experiences he, ha- he had when he was a child that needed to uh, be unlocked or to be expressed. Or better said, these patterns that were contracted as a child were repeating themselves across different roles or characters, in this case, the company. Just after the session we did on that specific topic, he told me that the the business had called them, offering them a new new kind of business, uh, a new potential project that at the moment, at that time, was not available to them, and uh, that they were quite nice, you know, not related at all with what, with the abusive relationship they had before. And that happened in a space of a week or two. Hmm. So um, it works marvelously. And I think that's, that example illustrates quite well what we're talking about. Here. Yeah, it's, it's tied uh, with a similar idea to um, Wayne Dyer has an expression, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. And uh, I've used that to great effect in my own life as well. Just if I'm feeling negatively towards an individual or a situation, I, I try to change my own internal polarity and you know think about the good things that that person does or just send them some positive energy or some positive vibrations. And very often it just literally something like that will happen. I'll get a phone call or they'll send me a message out of the blue or, and, and their whole, um, their whole approach will have changed. And I find that it's just absolutely fascinating. I mean, on an, on a, on a deeper level, what do you think is going on there with stuff like that? Do you think it's because everything is ultimately connected and that if we, we, we are a hologram, right? Where, so imagine yourself as being a, uh, eight dim- dimensions hologram with so many reflections of of so many things at the same time. And if you twitch one thing, therefore all the hologram changes. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the game we are in, where, uh, as we said earlier, the moment I change a, a belief that has been underlying my whole life or experience for a long time, not only... Uh, uh, accumulating thoughts to it, but accumulating emotions mm-hmm. and accumulating behaviors related to that. Therefore, it it needs also to express itself in our reality, and therefore bringing together the different characters we need to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Now, the moment we start changing that that uh, that uh, belief system, we are stepping out in a new pattern which will be what we'll call the new normal, right? Mm -hmm. And it is up to us to check out if we are liking that new normal of ourselves that is based on the new belief system Mm -hmm. that was not the one that was prior. And, you know, be assured that in any case, in the few, in the next moments, whether days or weeks, it will be asked again and again and again if that's really the new normal that you want. Because that's how it works. 
I would love an example of from from yourself, one of your clients, how they've experienced that with the this request for confirmation being presented. It's basically so to to continue on the example uh, of uh, of that uh, person, that CEO. So there there was that new behavior of that big client being nice and so on and so forth. As the old pattern was still there, there was still once in a while the old ways of uh, abusing them that happened again and again. Mm-hmm. So and. Again, he had to reinforce the, the 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 belief that everything was fine related with the new belief system he wanted to abide to to choose right consciously <laughs> and and then after a while, the old behavior disappeared because again it's the new normal it's actually normal now right i I stepped in that new dimension of myself where the old uh, uh, pattern was does not need to exist anymore because it doesn't have any foundation to it. Does that make sense? Sure. It does. I mean, I'm, I was thinking a little bit more of the idea. I mean, I'm going to have to use an example from my own life because it's, I guess, easier for me to explain. But uh, I was in a particular business relationship where a precedent had been set, similar to what you described with, with this gentleman you worked with. And there was a particular narrative that my role was this and their role was that. And we, we kept playing out this role over and over again. And what happened is that at some point I just decided I'm no longer playing this role. I, I want to play a new role. And what happened a few times is that this person I'd been working with kept, like basically, if you think of this, uh, um, a theater and a stage, they kept feeding me the lines as if I were the old character. Yeah. me to act in a certain way or respond in a certain way. And, and what I just did is I just stopped responding. I was just like, no, I'm, I'm just not playing. I'm literally not playing that role. If, if you approach me in that manner, then I'm almost going to be invisible to you because I, I, another way I related is that, you, you know, people get what they think they deserve, not necessarily what they deserve. It's what they think they deserve. And if, you're attracting a certain kind of person or relationship or circumstance or event in your life, it's probably because on some level you feel you deserve it, which again is tied to what you said about your belief system. It's, it's, it's about taking the actual decision of saying, I no longer want this. I, know, I will no longer accept it. And then you kind of have to back it up. You, know? you, can't, you can't just say that. You, with, as you said, when these confirmations present themselves, you have to specifically say, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow that. And then I guess the universe goes, okay, well, he's serious about it this time, so I'll offer him something else. Yeah, you're you're basically letting go of the old momentum because there was momentum and it needs still, it has still some energy expressing itself and that's okay. And you're creating or you're building at first consciously because it needs some energy, creating the new momentum. Uh, and uh, then at some point it goes in automatic pilot because you already have that momentum, that energy behind the new behavior. I see. That's an interesting the, the idea of momentum. I'd never, I'd never thought of that with, with regards to this context. That's very interesting. Thank you so much for that. Oh no, that's very cool. My pleasure. Um, tell me a little bit about you. Also founded another um, system called Help, uh, Heal Through Words. So Heal Through Words is part of the Heartful uh, Method. Or, or vice versa. So Heal Through Words is 
uh, it's more geared towards positive words, oh, uh, very much tied to that, is the positive word aspect. So we created uh, positive word meditations and and what we call daily boosts. Mm-hmm. And we ha- that's thanks to Heal Through Words, we're able to reach about 50 million people so far to inspire them. Wow. And uh, and so we're building now the stack of different products from you know the very simple meme to to the uh, to the, the coaching and the and the um, uh, retreat centers mm-hmm. uh, for companies to to use uh, the heartful method for the the success of their companies. That's wonderful. Yeah, I mean it's there is. I think one of the things that keep coming back to our now maybe you can give me a perspective on it is, you know, look, I'm, I'm a, I'm the biggest believer in, in the idea that everything is energy and that we're all connected. I think that's probably the master underpinning of, of the new age paradigm, you know, that on, on some level we're all connected, whether it's as a hologram or a web of energy or whatever it is. The problem is for me that, and, and I struggled with this for a long time. So much of that perspective of looking at the world has been tainted through basically bullshit artists and charlatans and people are just not in touch with sure they may have connected to the, the eighth dimension or something but they literally don't know how to get their life in order here in, in this dimension you know and they're you know you've, we've all met those people who like they can't really integrate into society because they're they're so busy meditating and making sure they're eating vegan organic kale that's been grown in the himalayas and but they're just so out there that they they just aren't able to function effectively in this world. And, you know, I've I've been going back and forth on that for a long time. One of the things that allows me to to see that there definitely is some truth to it, even, even in spite of all this bullshit that covers it up is, is affirmations. You know, I've done, I made a habit since the beginning of the year. I read out, it's close to 200 affirmations I do every day. And I noticed that the days on which I do those affirmations are markedly superior to the ones in which I don't. If I sit in the morning and run through them, I have a better day than if I don't do that. And cool, is that similar to to what Heal Through Words is doing? Is it kind of priming yourself? Yes, exactly. It's uh, uh, Heal Through Words works more. I mean, you could do it. You could use it that way as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, my initial intention is to help you reconsider 22 different core concepts in who you are. So whether it's wisdom, trust, uh, courage, and so on, hope, and so on and so forth. And through going through these new, how do I put it, uh, the rephrasing of these uh, concepts, uh, you start to change your, the, the point of view you have overall, right? So it's more holistic kind of uh, approach and gen- generic right it's not tailored to s- specific someone although we are looking to work we're working on an app that will allow you to uh, uh th- that the, the ai will choose the right uh, uh quotes for you and the right meditation but that will come down the road that sounds really cool so yes it is about positive affirmations <laughs> that primes you on different um, uh, concepts uh, related with the core values of what a human being, a human experience is. 
Wow, that sounds, actually, I'd love to try that out. I think I'm going to sign up right after this. I wanted to ask you, um, I mean, coming back to this idea, I guess I didn't really phrase it very well. It didn't, it didn't fit into the flow of the conversation very well. And for that, I apologize. But I guess you're someone who's who's been involved in, in industry and the corporate world at the highest levels. And I think a, a lot of the listeners here are the same. Um, and a lot of the listeners here come from a, background of martial arts and in martial arts there's this there was this movement that started about 30 35 years ago towards um functional martial arts which were ones which were demonstrated to have efficacy in a real world scenario such as combat in a ring and what happened when this this emerged is that we we realized that of the vast majority of martial arts arts that exist one for want of a better word just bullshit they just don't work they're kind of they're just dysfunctional. And I'm guessing that in the corporate world, there's a very low tolerance for dysfunctional things because at the end of the day, the corporate world for whether we like it or not, it is tied to the bottom line, right? You know, if, if something doesn't work and doesn't increase profits, there's no real place for it in that world. And I'm just wondering, is that, is that something that you noticed uh, when, when you were working there? And uh, is that something that, that led to the the formation of your specific methodologies that you know are functional and and uh, and know that work. Um, not sure I fully understand the question, but I'm going to do my best anyway. Okay, let, let me rephrase it just before you start. So, I'm guessing it was difficult for you to head into a Fortune 500 company and say to someone, "Hey, uh, I can balance your energies, and that's going to right." Yeah. Help. You know, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, did, yeah, yeah, yeah. did you experience that, and and how did you overcome that? And okay, got you. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, going to corporations of whichever sides, uh, they tend to have difficulties. Although it has been changing lately, that uh, if you talk about the heart or qigong or whatever, it's kind of a very nice exotic kind of thing but uh, how could it be applicable to my bottom line as you're saying mm -hmm. and so i've been member of uh, conscious capitalism for i think the past six seven years probably and looking at how we can empower businesses not only from you know having many stakeholders not there's not just the shareholder and so on and thinking about the community and whatnot but also using our technology uh, so the heartful method to not only communicate it the right way to, to businesses, but also, more importantly, bring them what they want, right? Because the bottom line is, uh, we if we don't provide them the advantages they are looking for, then they are not going to adopt it, and therefore, we miss the point. So it is about, again, using technology uh, as a tool for them to see uh, proactive feedback on uh, what on the effort they are uh, providing to the system. So by following the method mm -hmm. on a daily to day basis, we uh, when they go through our program, we give them a tool or a device to measure the actual impact it has on their own system. As oh, that's great! Individual level, and then as they go along and they finish a program. Uh, they start to see what impact it has on their reality. But obviously, 
uh, will need a few quarters to make that happen. And, mm-hmm. and it depends also if we are acting on a one team or the whole company and so on and so forth. Sure. Okay. We had uh, a real estate company that went through the program, uh, but it took a year, but we got a 43% increase in revenue one year after year. But obviously, it's, it was the whole company, and we're talking about uh, 12 people, I think it was. And um, Well, okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty much the answer I was looking for. I guess it's, it's results, right? <laughs> and that's ultimately what it all comes down to. Is Yeah, but, you know, sometimes, and then uh, nowadays, we're getting into a, a place, at least the way I see it, where... Uh, money as a unit of accounting is going to be uh, probably needing uh, other type of units like mm-hmm. the sustainable development goals to measure the impact a company has on the planet and the community, mm-hmm. uh, whether it is positive or negative. Uh, you know, until now, as a society, we were kind of our infancy, we're like babies, figure out how to. To, to play and to walk and whatnot. And now we are going to need to be a little bit more adult and uh, have a way to figure out that, okay, I have a company, I am creating X number of revenue, I'm growing that way, blah, 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 blah. Perfect, amazing. But are you processing other uh, uh, system of values? For instance, if you're creating products Maybe you're uh, manufacturing with plastic and whatnot, which has a negative impact on the planet. And therefore, yes, you're making money and you're making uh, revenue. But on the other hand, you're actually taking out of of the planet in in not a very good way. So how can we create holistically uh, companies that are profitable at all levels? That's the challenge we're going to have in the next few years. Mm. It's, it, um, when you when you mentioned that, I'm reminded of the fact that you know human being is also multidimensional. You can't just yeah. have health in one area. You can't just be physically well. You need to be yeah. physically well and have your finances in order and have your relationships in order. And I guess it's the same with a company. If if it's just focused on that one metric, which is profit, you know, literal yeah. financial yeah. profit, that that is usually not sustainable, right? I mean, or, or there's, it's a horrible place to work or there's high staff turnover or, you know, they get taken over by a competitor or, or, or beat, beaten by a competitor who's more balanced and more healthy. Or more importantly, uh, the whole planet starts to heat up. <laughs> right, yeah, good point. Good point. Uh, I'd like to talk to you, Arno, about your latest project, which is called Give Nation. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much for bringing that that up. So in in that little objective of mine of impacting 1 billion people, I was looking for a systemic change for society to bring about, again, a more positive uh, vibration and and helping people to love themselves further. Mm -hmm. And that's why I created Give. So Give is a currency uh, and a nation for only children from 5 to 18. Mm-hmm. for them to learn to become philanthropists and at the same time to learn about sustainable financial literacy. So providing them with the gift coin and the gift wallet and the gift governance and whatnot, mm-hmm. children in schools, 
are able to learn how to save, to invest in trees, in solar panels, in wind turbines, in buying products, of course, but consciously, and uh, giving to charities. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously earning and creating social enterprises, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's the, the, what we're looking to do there is to associate that idea of money, the concept of money, the energy of money, to empathy, compassion, altruism, and not necessarily greed or survival or scarcity, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're looking to reprogram the whole consciousness or the, the human consciousness related to that and bringing about an, uh, a society that will be all about giving to each other. And that's how we create the most uh, wealth uh, for everyone involved. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like lessons that, that pretty much all adults can learn as well. Um, yeah, but, you know, they need their time. So we'll start with kids. For, because sure. we know, for instance, that 40% of the kids we've worked with so far want to give to charities and they want to support others or their friends or their family or mm-hmm. etc. And that's, if you compare that with the uh, 2% of the GDP that goes to charities in the US year after year, and out of these 2%, I don't know exactly the percentage, but most of it most likely are going towards charities for other, for the next generation to inherit from the prior generation. <laughs> uh, it doesn't leave lots. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I mean, just the idea of of giving. It's been my own experience that, the, I mean, it's it's a cliche, but it's the truth. The more you give, the more you get. You know, I've, I've experienced that. Yeah, the more you receive, of course. That's how energy works. For sure. I mean, there's a, an expression that I'm fond of, which is that it's the size of the hole that you give through is the size of the hole that you receive through. So. You know, it's it's the same principle. The more you give, the more open and and I guess free you are with with what comes in. The or what goes out, the more that can come in. And yeah, the reason I I mean I'm, I'm not trying to say you should aim this at adults. I'm just saying my my audience is largely adults. And yeah, no, of course, if we can if we can give them some, we we can and we will and we will do that through through the kids and we will offer to 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 the parents, to the adults, to support such a movement because mm-hmm. the whole idea is to create a movement that is worldwide and that uh, where everybody contributes. So, of course, it's, it involves everyone. And the, the whole idea is how can we as adults, even if we're not too wise once in a while, <laughs> why not giving the tools to our kids that are sometimes a lot wiser than we are and to show us the path? Because right now we haven't really been doing a great job at handling the planet and and making sure the next generation is going to be in a good shape. So let's face it. Yeah, exceptionally good points. Oh no, what a what an interesting guy you are. I, I really love the way you're you're putting it all together when it comes to consciousness and business and technology, and you're drawing from all these different fields and synthesizing something that is truly unique and I, I just really support you in your efforts and if the thank you my, my pleasure if the people listening want to find out about you or any of your projects where specifically would you like them to go ah uh, well that's a very good question you know if you want to connect directly to me i have a website arnosaintpaul.com i'm sure you'll put it on the, on the page anyway 
And then if you're more interested by Give Nation, givenation.world or on LinkedIn, you can find me. And then if it's more of the heartfulness thing, then we have uh, healthroughwords.com as well, where you can connect with us. So fantastic. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. I'm literally going to go check out the Heal Through Words one in particular right now. Awesome. Oh, no, thank you so much for your time. I truly appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me here. And uh, I appreciate you as well. Yeah, as, as I said in the intro, some of my questions on that particular interview weren't very well formulated. I think I was just a little bit groggy. I, I didn't sleep well the night before and, and the interview took place early in the morning. So I apologize for that, guys. Either way, I'm sure you got a lot out of that because Arnaud is... Um, Again, the best way, I, I keep saying it in all the shows I'm going, I'm trying to do everything in my life now and feeling. And when I listened to the show, it was a different show called the, I think it's Conscious Millionaire Podcast, which is actually pretty cool, by the way, if you're, especially if you're into entrepreneurial endeavors, you should check it out. But Honor was a, a guest on it. And I just, when I was listening to him, I just, I felt good. I felt uplifted. And, uh, and then I went and checked out his website and he just, if you see the picture of him on um, on my podcast page, you'll see he's just got a very bright and light and positive atmosphere about him or air about him. And that's what I'm all about. I mean, I said in the show that, well, I've said in previous shows that I've, I've made a big effort now to cut out people who drag me down in any way. And one of you guys on Facebook messaged me asking a, a very interesting question. They said, how do you know that if you cut people out, you're not just creating a little echo chamber for yourself and you're not going to um, be blindsided by your own flaws and, and shortcomings if you've got no one to call you out on them. And that was an excellent question. And it's something I've thought about for a long time. And my answer to that is, first of all, if you should become the kind of person who is always checking for blind spots in his perspectives and beliefs anyway. And I like to think I'm that kind of person. And if I'm not yet, I'm getting pretty close. And secondly, I'm not saying you need to cut out all criticism, right? Because, you know, criticism's healthy and it's, it's healthy to take it on board. It's usually the manner in which it's presented. You know, if, if someone comes to me and says, Hey Nick, you know, I care about you and I want what's best for you. And I just noticed that you're doing something which I feel might be a mistake and you might want to look into that. I mean, how could I take that badly? You know, how could I not act on that and not consider that? I would be a very close-minded person if that was the case. But if someone comes to me and gives me a similar message, but I feel that it's, again, this goes on feeling, I, I feel that there's something not quite right about the spirit in which the message is intended, then it's a different story, you know, and it, it's not it's not necessarily easy to tell the difference between these two things. Like everything else, it takes practice and it takes getting to know yourself and working on your, your intuition so you can get to a point where you're able to do that. But um, I just wanted to answer that, that reader's questions. I love hearing questions from you guys. If you ever want to ask me a question about anything on the show, just send me an email, liberationmentor at gmail.com. If you want to suggest a guest as well, I absolutely appreciate that. A few of the guests so far have been suggestions from you guys. And um, I'm always open to chat to you. Also head on over to the Facebook page. It's liberation. It's uh, facebook.com forward slash liberation mentor. I'm always putting cool articles and, and stuff up on there, including book of the week recommendations and stuff like that. And uh, finally, if you guys are enjoying the show and you want to leave a review on iTunes, don't hesitate to do that. That 
obviously helps me a lot and it helps get the show out to more people. And just to refresh, you guys know I'm doing private coaching now. Again, head on over to liberationmentor.com. You can find out more about it there. And if you're interested in those uh, small group retreats that are going to be starting next year, taking place in Hawaii that are going to be beyond life-changing, send me an email again at liberationmentor.com. Until later, guys, light and love. Thank you.